0: Welcome to Balancing Life's Issues, the podcast. My name is Kai, your host, and I'm here with CEO Wendy Wollner. How are you today? Good.
1: I'm excited to uh, have story time, Kai. It's been a little bit of a while.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, I'm I'm coming off of uh, some parental leave and I've just been navigating life with a four and a half month old, Yeah. starting part-time daycare next week. So emotionally, we're preparing ourselves, but also logistically, there has to be enough milk. Uh, we're going to be able to get back to like a full day of work, which is what, what a notion Yeah. (laughs) and honestly, you know, we want to not that I don't love him being around every minute, every day, but I think the break's going to be nice for us.
1: A little healthy and you know it really ties into our conversation today because one of the things that does drive me or my passion is are we creating the best world for this next generation right when we talk about you know your son and 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 so many other people my employees that you know their families i'm i'm thinking about are we doing the very best job so i thought we would start with a story of a job that i had that not a lot of people know would you like to would you like to hear that story
0: absolutely fire away
1: So let's set the time. It's um, 1979. Wow. And I know, long time ago, dating myself here. And um, I think you've heard me talk about the fact that my parents were not born in this country. So I was brought up with this idea of fleeing and refugee. And I can tell you that as a kid, when you would go out to dinner and half your family would speak German and the other half Italian and then English. It's embarrassing, right? Like a kid, <laughs> right? You don't want anyone looking at you. Remember yeah. when you're a kid? Don't look at me.
0: Absolutely. Yes.
1: <laughs> um, but deep down, I was always sort of interested in this idea of what happened that they had to leave from one day to the next. And so one of my very first jobs was at the Anti-Defamation League. They really step up to the plate during these times, rise in anti-Semitism. And so I just want you to think a minute, Kai, because this is
0: before the internet. Are you there? I I remember a time before the internet, but it it was a small part of my life. Okay.
1: So when you wanted to do something, you wanted to know something, what did you have to do?
0: Oh, man. I had to go to a library, um, find an answer, um, hopefully yeah. a friend knew.
1: Yeah. And so my job, I would take the train, go to Manhattan, sit in a, in a huge library, like you just said. And I had a table with every paper that you can imagine across America. You know, The New York Times, the Los Angeles, the Baltimore, all the big cities. And they would put them on my desk. And my job was a hate crime news clipper. So what do you think that Hmm. meant? What do you think I did for eight hours a
0: day? You'd have to read maybe the crime part of a newspaper and find anything related to a hate crime and clip it out, like literally with scissors, clip it out.
1: And I created boxes and boxes and found that very often the article would be three lines. It would be hidden, but it would be there. And if I did my job well, I learned how many hate crimes there were. And some were very small, one-on-one, some were very large, many-on-many, um, and everything in between. And it really, it fueled me to realize the presence of hate. And it got me interested in what can we do about it. Um, and so I, I went to my next job, um, and, and really shout out to my parents because they let me leave high school back then no cell phones right i go to washington
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> um president carter at the time it set up a president's commission on the holocaust you may know it now have you ever been down to washington and been to the um holocaust memorial museum you know of- uh,
0: we were we got married in washington dc lisa's mom from dc so we're there all the time but that is on my list to do i've seen many other memorials but i know the holocaust <clears throat> museum is is definitely one that needs to be seen
1: and interestingly enough, it's one of the most popular, um, most visited uh, museums in the world, which, which I'm happy about. And I, I was, again, lucky enough to learn from a different perspective. So one of the missions of the Holocaust Museum was to show that all of the people that were targeted. So so let's just, let's play a game. And, and Kai, you and I did not rehearse this. So nope. it's not really fair. Just the audience should know. He has no idea what I'm asking. But what were some of the groups that were targeted? Like what, what other groups and the Jews did Hitler target during World War II? Um, the, uh,
0: those with special needs or physical abilities. Is that correct? Yeah. Um, yep. I don't know if race was, were targeted. Any- you can't all...
1: Hey, but you can hear me. You're nodding. I'm, so, I'm okay. Nodding.
0: So, anybody who wasn't an Aryan was targeted.
1: Yep. So, the blonde, blue eyed, which is, of course, ironic as Hitler right. was. I do know that. Brown, yeah. Right. So, what else? um
0: Well, I think anything that's not Aryan kind of covers my bases, right? No, not really. There's, not necessarily. No. Some other um other. Well, I know there's an antiquated term, gypsy. Okay. The travelers. Yep. Um, So that
1: definitely didn't fit in his group. So there's a whole section about the hatred against that population, sure. And any other, I mean, there's so many more, but let's just go for one more that sometimes is forgotten
0: about. um, Well, I guess maybe the uh, LGBTQ community?
1: Yeah, of course, at that time when it was started, it wasn't quite as sophisticated. We didn't know as much as we do today, but so gay, like mm-hmm. lesbian, which, of course, now is a much larger yeah. population.
0: And, you know, as you asked me that question, I'm thinking in my head, who are um, groups of people who are disenfranchised or often targeted or persecuted?
1: And you know what, t- what I was kind of hoping you would say? What's that? I was hoping that you might say you weren't sure.
0: Oh, instead of going to find an answer that I didn't know, I could have yeah, said... Yeah,
1: that's not what I was okay, hoping. Okay, so that's
0: maybe... Okay, we're kind of peeling back some layers yeah. here i don't know
1: i was hoping i was hoping that because i think one of the things that i've learned is that incredible sophistication to say i don't know but maybe i'm willing yeah. to learn and um and you know we, you know i'm moving forward to today um we had we had a pretty i think exciting day at work that it was very validating so i'll end with that story kai so ask me what was so validating today
0: so what was so validating about today so we we were working with a
1: client who was pretty pretty scared to do a class about the world today because there's so mm-hmm. many horrific things, right? We have right. so many wars and so much civil unrest and we have definite financial unrest and we could list could go on and on. So. At the end of the day, she was pretty confident that about 10 people would sign up. So we sent out our, our webinar information. The room holds 999 people. How many people do you think signed up in 24 minutes?
0: What was the topic specifically? I would say it's really
1: discussing living in today's world.
0: So living in uncertain times. Yeah. Um, in 24 minutes? 24 minutes. I'm going to go 675.
1: 999. Sold
0: out. Man, if only my band could do that yep. on a regular basis. Yep.
1: <laughs> we had to set up a second room, which is quickly going. So
0: what do you? why do you think that was? I
1: love the idea that we are open to this discussion. So first, yeah. I, I always want to thank everyone who's listening, everyone who's sending us comments and, and, and continuing the discussion. Thank you. We're grateful and honored to have you here. Um, because I, I do think I had the ability to sit and cut and look and read the story after story, after story, after story. And, you know, I interviewed my kids before, before this podcast. and I said, did I do anything right? <laughs> um, Anything right when it comes to teaching you about the difficulties of growing up in the world with hate, Yeah, right? I mean, I was never allowed to wear a Jewish star growing up, mm-hmm. and my mother would still be uncomfortable today. Right. It, would, it would make her very uneasy, um, and out of respect to her fear, I don't. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think what's interesting is one of the things that actually my youngest son, I can always quote because he's, he's sort of clever this way, is, you know... In, in, in openness to have a discussion um, and to sit and say, wow, I didn't know that and help me understand that. So I don't use this word anymore. I use that word because the only way we root cause hate is to understand where it comes from.
0: Right, right. And it makes me think of, you know, this moment in time, right? How am I processing what's happening in the world um, given what's going on in, in U- Ukraine, given on what's going on in Israel and Palestine? And it, it, it I remark on the political injustice movements like Black Lives Matter, where I knew something massive was happening structurally, like to us as a society. And I I had to find the humility to, to ask questions that made me uncomfortable. And fortunately, at that time, you know, obviously, we, we were you know in lockdown so we were out i was doing a weekly zoom with my with my friends with my bandmates and it was it was it was a situation where every week we could openly say things that we would in other circles would feel uncomfortable or maybe we would um, be laughed at or or ridiculed but instead it was a very vulnerable space where i was able to ask questions and i learned so much about about myself and about their experiences with what was going on, and to your point of of being able to confront something head on, yeah, and and not shy away from from difficult conversations. Because so you sat in the library clipping articles. T- today I just typed anti semitism yeah. into Spotify, and here's fifty podcasts up. Okay, so do a little bit of research and okay, what's this podcast like? Like, what are the angles? So I listened to this one, like The Daily, like your New York Times, you know, that point of view. And then there's another one that's more of like a conservative point of view. And, you know, I'm really encouraged and excited by what what you're bringing to the table today because... you know, tell us a little more about who we're gonna be speaking to. Yeah.
1: So our our, our our second part of this conversation and hopefully our third and fourth is going to be about learning. That is what I believe. That's mm-hmm. what all of our podcasts have a lesson about. What do I need to learn? You know, not all Jews eat the same foods and dress the same and look the same and that's super confusing. And and I understand that. And and then when it's right. we tend to fall into the world of well, I won't say anything and then we become ignorant and ignorance can become anti Semitism and hatred and it gets all mixed up and so we're going to get a chance to meet a a a wonderful friend a mentor um gosh that's a uh you remember we did a podcast let's go back and and shout out rain Henderson Mm -hmm. who taught us the north North star Star, right? um and rabbi jake who you're going to meet in a few minutes has always been sort of my touch point or my north star so she's going to jump on here because i do think at the cornerstone this time is for you your motivation of course is your your little new one and my motivation is the world I don't know is that too lofty am I allowed to say that
0: uh listen um something I learned about you very quickly uh, is your tenacity your ambition <laughs> uh your fearlessness so no I don't think using the term world uh that definitely fits
1: it's pretty funny because yesterday I think you know I, I I'm fine but I. I, I was sick and I needed some stuff done. And there was this amazing nurse who was um, taking care of me and she happened to be a person of color. And we were only together um, for a few minutes, but we ended up having this really incredible conversation about being a person of color today in the healthcare industry. And she's like, nobody ever talks about this stuff. Like, Mm. that's what I want to do. We we really want to. So we're going to, we're going to, Take take a few minute break and relax and reengage and and I I want you to think about the questions like what would it what would you want to know um, about mm-hmm. maybe being Jewish or fill in the blank or about why the hatred is the way it is or where it's coming from um, so let's take a few minutes and yeah. really ponder some questions Kai
0: absolutely will do and and no joke I appreciate a few minutes because I literally just found puke on my shirt from Miles so I'm gonna go clean that <laughs> off and we'll. <laughs> What
1: What a great ending. Can't get we'll
0: hop that. back in with the interview in a second.
1: Perfect.
2: Let me tell you about one of the things that I've learned about talking with people who aren't Jewish about anti-Semitism. it's It's a very misunderstood hatred. And the best way, I think, to convey to people what it's about is to tell stories. So I'm going to tell you a couple of stories of anti-Semitism from before I became Jewish and before I even knew enough to label what I heard as anti-Semitic. So I grew up in in a Christian family. Um, German origin. And one of the uh, things that we always had a family joke we had was that my parents and grandparents were very uh, cheap. So they, they would park if they were going to an event, they would park 20 blocks away for free, rather than pay, you know, two bucks to park, park closer to the venue. And it was often said, you know, we must have had some Jewish, we had some Jews in her background. When I heard it, I didn't understand what that meant. Only later did I understand what it meant. And then um, when I was in ninth grade, I lived for a year with an uncle and aunt. And the aunt was also, you know, fundamentalist Christian. And I was just learning about the Holocaust. And I came to her and I said, I'm so disturbed by what I am learning. And she said, well, that's always the way. The Jews are a stiff-necked people. You know, like we brought it on ourselves. And I didn't only realize later that she got that right from the Hebrew Bible, right? There's a lot lot of stuff that can be used against Jews found in our own Bible. So, you know, I I think the first step is to kind of tell people, you know, your own experiences of anti-Semitism. Living out (laughs) West, before I came here, people use the phrase, uh, are you going to Jew me down? Mm -hmm. Yeah, you don't hear that as much. Out here. Uh, but we had a gathering of about 80 people at Temple Israel Sunday evening, an interfaith gathering to talk about anti-Semitism planned long before the war broke out. And a lot of the people who about half the people there are, are not Jewish, they had no idea that people would get beaten up. You know, people in the room had been beaten up for being Jewish. And so telling stories is a way to kind of gain understanding
1: well well, i hear what i hear you saying is we have to share the stories which is sometimes hard right like i mean look when i was at syracuse i was teaching social studies and my master teacher said well we rip out the holocaust because there's no jews in the class and he literally took the book Mm -hmm. rabbi and he ripped it out and he said we don't teach what's not relevant to us and i was like well how will we ever learn yeah. this? So we have to yeah. share our horror right. stories, which are hard. It's hard to do that. It, it is
2: very hard, but otherwise, it, it's such a. Anti Semitism is so difficult to understand because un, unlike a, a hatred like racism, right? That's kind of like what well, we're talking about inferior people, easily identified because of the color of their skin. Anti Semitism, mm-hmm. you know, Jews are not as. Readily identified, because many of us come Mm -hmm. from European backgrounds. And it's more like, um, I think Barry Weiss called it, punching up, right? These are Jews are powerful. They're in control of everything. So how can we be vulnerable, you know, if we are powerful?
1: Does anybody not believe your stories? Have you ever had someone not believe your story?
2: About, uh, no, actually. Once people hear. Interesting. They they always know that wouldn't happen.
1: So that's firing then to say it works. Yeah, it works. It works.
0: Okay. Tip number one tell the story. Well, and, and as someone who's not Jewish, I mean, my wife is, you know, I've kind of come into it in a sense. Um, it does, growing up, it felt like a not American problem, anti Semitism, right? Like it's a European thing. Um, it, it doesn't really exist here and it, it couldn't be farther from the truth.
1: Kai's got the Nebraska roots going on
0: there, too. Nebraska Lutheran roots. Lutheran is
2: my background, too,
0: growing up. Yeah. Which is why I, I know you come from a Lutheran background, yeah. To
2: tell the story. I had a call from a, a longtime friend of mine who's also a pastor. And he, like I am, you know, is concerned about the loss of life in Gaza. And he's he said, I don't know what to say. I said something, and then somebody said I was anti-Semitic for saying that. And helped me understand. Yeah. Uh, And and I said, well, this is I tried to explain to him how people might hear what 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 he is saying. But I think it's also so important not to rush to Mm -hmm. judgment about people. He really Mm -hmm. he truly was trying to wrestle with, you know, he condemned what happened on October 7th. And at the same time, he worried for the innocent people in in Gaza who are being affected. And so I said, you know, maybe we don't rush to. Maybe it's okay to say we hold both truths in our heart that what happened on October 7th was
1: evil. Think about what we've been through with George Floyd, the police officers, the horrific, I mean, that that goes so much bigger than what you said, the tip two about, I need to learn more. And, you know, clearly that's our passion. That's why I'm so grateful for you being here today is just help us learn more. Yeah. I need to know more. Right. I need to understand more. Right. No, I need to look it on a map. I need to understand more. Go to a class, right? Exactly.
2: And so this Love minister it. invited me to come and speak to uh, his. He teaches a big class, and he asked me to come and speak to them
1: about. But I, I have a hard question for you. You ready? Okay. How do you think you became and are and your reputation and your persona is so inclusive? What is the secret sauce that you learned that people feel so welcome?
2: I think because I know what it feels to be. I know what it feels like to be an outsider. Right. I'm I'm not I don't fully fit. I mean, I've always I I don't know if you were there when I gave that sermon about being a shiksa, easily identified as somebody who Mm -hmm. wasn't born Mm -hmm. Jewish, Um, And I also really resonate with that strain in our tradition that says that we are all, we're all the same humanity, right? And um, I I work against it, like, feeling like we need to be divided into tribes, right? I think that people are people. I, I also believe that people are basically good that there are some people who never who who maybe are beyond who can't stop hating and but i think many people are just confused or they don't know enough i feel as if i need to be patient
1: giving somebody the benefit of the doubt is kind of what you said before the
2: benefit of the doubt and which is a, a jewish value to give the
1: benefit of the doubt it requires a lot of patience It
2: requires a lot of patience and and not um reacting rather taking the moment to breathe and then respond
0: yeah, and that's that's what I learned through like Black Lives Matter and me too, because i I found myself like on social media, just blasting my opinion into a black hole and clogging up the gears for the voices who needed to be heard. Mm-hmm. And I, what I learned is to listen, like you were saying, listen to these stories, listen and and take that as lead. Um, repeat what they're saying. So I, I appreciate you saying that. Please.
2: One of the things that I also learned most recently is I had a, a Christian woman come up to me after the anti-Semitism program and say, I hear, you know, when people say things about Jews and my, I'm not sure how to respond. I feel like I want to say something, but I feel like I'm free. I freeze up. So I said to her, well, maybe it's enough to say, um, pardon me.
0: Yeah, or that's weird. <laughs> Have that
2: person repeat
0: <laughs> what they said, yeah. and then
2: maybe hear what they're saying. Yeah, she found that tremendously helpful.
0: I like that. Excuse me, what did? You... Excuse me? Could you could you elaborate? Yeah, I like that. Yeah, that's
1: funny. Very clever. What are you What are you telling parents today about sending kids to college? Well, um, I'm telling
2: kids, uh, I'm telling parents to go to a place that has a Jewish community, because I think that's really important. Right. Um, And I also really believe in kind of educating our young people about the complexities of the, they're going to encounter the Israel-Palestine conflict on campus. They should know about it in all its complexity, Mm -hmm. even the stuff that doesn't make Israel look good. They should know about that before they go to campus, and you know that's what I do. I, I'm now teaching the high schoolers at uh, at Temple Israel. Like I, I have them all, but as you know, not everybody stays through
1: through high school. So, right, and 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 yeah, I think that's interesting. I mean, one of the things I know we talk about is advocacy for education. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, yeah, our young people should know uh, all the messiness of this conflict um, so that they don't hear about it for the first time on campus.
1: Yeah, I think my kids were lucky in that way that they had grandparents that were refugees because they couldn't not know, mm-hmm. right? I mean, they sat at a dinner table with different languages. Mm-hmm. So, it was just they had no choice to say like, mm-hmm. why do you speak that word? You know, why did you come here? And yes, I think I think they were lucky, air quotes around that. So,
0: in, in my roots were avoiding conflict at all costs. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, like you know, what one thing I wanted to ask about is which I I either the, the rhetoric or how anti-Semitism gets talked about a lot is like to be anti-israeli is anti-semitism you know like what what what's your community how are you guys talking about that because that's for someone who's not jewish reckoning like you were saying with what's happening Mm -hmm. um to not doesn't make me anti-semitic to disagree or feel pain you know for what's happening yes
2: and that's a great question um so i think there there is a a big difference between being critical of the actions of the government of Israel and saying that Israel doesn't have a right to exist as a result of those actions. You know, there were many years when I was critical of the uh, actions of the government of the United States. You know, I would never say that we shouldn't, I'm still consider myself a a proud American. You know, I believe in our ideals, but, and and that's why this war is so tricky because, Calling, calling for a ceasefire in Gaza um, can be heard by Israel as, let's let Hamas win. And we have Hamas leaders who say that there will be another, they'll keep doing October 7th over and over um, until Israel is wiped off the map, and so that's why. And that's why I explained to my friend, the pastor. I said, "That's how they hear that as anti-Semitic. Is that you want to enable an enemy who said their desire is to wipe Israel off the map? You want to enable them to regroup, and um, you know, continue
1: with their. And, 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 and you know, war is horrible. It is. We're not comfortable talking about war, and I do think we have to start really talking about the atrocities. Right. Yeah.
2: yeah. And not try to rush to a conclusion,
1: right? I think we are
2: we are strong enough to be able to hold all of the complexity and to hold all the truths in our hearts, because it it is true that what happened in my mind on October seventh was evil, and I am saddened by the loss of life in
1: Gaza. Yeah. Though both things are true, right? So, last question. You must be exhausted. Yeah. I am. So what are you doing? How do you take care of yourself? For those in your position, what are your words? Because, you, know, you know, we hear all the time, just go outside and take a breath. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing that your exhaustion goes beyond just going outside and taking a breath. So self-care for the people like you, the front line that are doing this. What do you do? Um,
2: so I feel I, I'm fortunate in our tradition that I, I just came to this podcast from a rehearsal for a bar mitzvah, right? That's a mm-hmm. life-affirming thing the celebration of a of, of, you know for this family um we will be naming babies we will be getting married we will be continuing with life and remembering that um that's so important so it plugs you back it in plugs me back in so i think what i hear you saying is we should go celebrate life we should sell it we have to celebrate life i mean i think that's really one of the reasons why we are still here mm-hmm. as a people because even in uh you know, there's a story in, you know, that even in the concentration camp where they had very little food, they uh, made sure to melt, you know, you know their, their fat rations so they could light lights on Hanukkah um, because you can live for a time without food, but you can't live for any time without hope. And that's what's, what our celebrations uh, give us, hope.
0: This has been a production of Balancing Life's Issues with your hosts, Kai Sorensen and Wendy Warner Produced by me, Kai. Rate, leave a review, and subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen so you can get brand new episodes as they drop. Got an idea for the show? Email me, kai, at balancinglifesissues.com. Anything to add, Miles? <laughs>